you are receiving this transmission, you are reclaiming the faith with Phil Baker on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. Welcome to episode 63 of Reclaiming the Faith, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. I'm your host, Bill Baker. Now, let's dig into history. Hey, y'all, thank you so much for taking time to listen to Reclaiming the Faith. Thank you for your prayers for me and my family, for my podcasting partners, BDK and Justin Fall of the Fourth Watch Radio Network. We've got a great, great show for y'all today. An awesome interview I did with Justin Fall, West Fall, Darren Geisinger, and Chad Riley, uh, the makers of this great documentary called Higher Entities. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we do, I want to give y'all a preview of one of the songs off my upcoming a 10-song album called The Wanderer. This song is called Never Saw It Coming. Never saw it coming And it brought me to my knees That was a clip of Never Saw It Coming, one of the songs off my upcoming 10-song album called The Wanderer. So be on the lookout for that in about a month or two. Uh, And you can find all that stuff at philsbaker.com. Well, today in episode 63, I'm joined by some incredible researchers. There's a six-panel roundtable discussion that we had about the topic of aliens and the disclosure that the media has been softly leaking out to us, and not just the media, but also politicians. And since the secular realm has so much to say about this, what does the Bible have to say about the topic of aliens? And that is exactly what the film Higher Entities discusses. 
It's a great, great documentary produced by Fall Brothers Production. And today on the show, we've got several members of that uh, documentary. We got Justin and Wes Fall, the Fall Brothers, and we've got Darren Geisinger uh, and Chad Riley. And I really want to encourage y'all to check out fourthwatchfilms.com, fourthwatchradionetwork.com, darrengeisinger.com, and the Deception Detection Radio uh, that Chad Riley does with Kay Carswell. Check all these things out. They've got a lot of awesome products and information for y'all to get. Today is going to be a great discussion, and my good friend BDK of Omega Frequency helps co-host this this, uh, panel discussion. And I want y'all to go check out omegafrequency.com to see all the good things that BDK is putting out on a regular basis. Well, back in 2016, I wrote a book called New Wineskins and the Simple Words of Christ. And you can find a copy of that on Amazon. And if it's a blessing to you, please consider leaving a rating and review there. Also, my show, Reclaiming the Faith, uh, you can find on iTunes. And I want to encourage you also, if it's a blessing to you, please consider leaving a rating and review there as it'll help other people find the show. Also, as I stated earlier, my music, my blog, my book, the podcast, the Patreon account, all that stuff you can find at philsbaker.com. So please go check that out. Uh, I do a monthly Q&A show with BDK of Omega Frequency called Ready With An Answer. And if you have any questions about what we discuss here today or anything you hear on the Fourth Watch Radio Network, please feel free to either email me at emailphilsbaker at gmail.com or hit up bdk at omegafrequency.com. And we will be sure to answer that question on air uh, on that monthly episode of Ready With An Answer. And again, like I said, I'm blessed to be a part of the Fourth Watch Radio Network with Justin Fall. And so please go check out fourthwatchradionetwork.com. And that's a place where you can find everything that we produce uh, on podcasts. So please go check that out. And finally, the early Christian quotes that I use can generally be found on the CD-ROM version of the Anti-Nicene Fathers, which you can buy for a mere $5 on the Scroll Publishing website, scrollpublishing.com. All right, well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get episode 63 rolling. All right. Well, um, just to start this off, I want to introduce my my good buddy BDK. He's going to be co-hosting with me tonight. BDK, thanks so much for coming on. Can you tell people uh, where they can find everything Omega Frequency? Yeah, man. You can just go to omegafrequency.com. You can hear us on all the popular podcatchers, and you can subscribe to every one of us on fourth watch spreaker channel and you'll be able to get everybody's awesome content there so yeah awesome man well i'm i'm so blessed to have the crew from the fourth watch films newest release higher entities joining me tonight and we're going to have an amazing discussion about an area of bible prophecy you might not hear on an average sunday morning but before we begin, could everybody take a moment to introduce yourselves and tell us how we can find you on the web and how we can get a hold of your books and movies? All right. Well, uh, this is Justin Fall, and uh, we, uh, we generally uh, shoot people over to fourthwatchradio.com for the audio and, and Bible teachings, which is uh, where people can also find the archive of uh, Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker and Omega Frequency with BDK. And, of course, all the old Fourth Watch shows with me, Justin Fall. 
Uh, or you can head over to fourthwatchfilms.com, all spelled out, and that's where you can check out the trailers for Hollow Earth Chronicles and the new release, Higher Entities, The Lost Tapes. Uh, you can also check out our pages on Facebook. Uh, we've got The Fourth Watch with Justin Fall. We've got Fourth Watch Films and Fall Brothers Productions all on Facebook. Uh, Chad runs uh, most of our social media stuff, uh, but we, we all try to take time to answer emails uh, when given the time. Cool. This is Darren Geisinger. And you can, if you're interested in, in my book that's fe- featured in Higher Entities, Zero G's, Part 1 of the Armor Eternal, you can go to DarrenGeisinger.com and pick up the book there. And uh, the other ministry that I'm involved in is called RaisingUpTheRemnant.com. So that's a conference that's happening uh, in Potosi, uh, Missouri, at the end of this year, December 26th through 29th. And uh, so go to RaisingUpTheRemnant.com. Check out that Michael Lake will be there and several other speakers. It's going to be at this very cool lodge setting. Now you can learn more about it. Maybe we'll talk more about it later in the show, too. But RaisingUpTheRemnant.com. We got Wes in chat. My name is Wes Fall. I am uh, part of Fall Brothers Productions and Fourth Watch uh, Films. And I've uh, done a few shows with Justin on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. Um, Lord willing, we'll be able to get back on top of that soon. But um, thank God for Phil and for BDK for being able to take care of business as they do on a weekly basis. Um, really looking forward to the show. Um, I think Justin's given enough uh, credentials for, for me as well. But um, this is going to be an awesome show. So let's, uh, yeah, Chad, jump on it, man. Okay. Um, yep. They got all the information as far as Fourth Watch Films and Fall Bros Production. I uh, can also find me on Deception Detection Radio when me and Kay are doing shows. We are temporarily on hiatus right now, but Kay said that she is feeling a lot better, and hopefully we got some uh, shows on the horizon. So, And that's awesome. And Chad, Wes, Darren, Justin, and y'all have been doing some awesome ministerial work, building up the kingdom. And, man, I'm just so excited to be able to talk to each of y'all and for y'all to be able to do a project all together, man, that was so cool. Uh, there are so many topics that we can hit on from this documentary. Justin, where, where do you think we should begin? Man, I think we should probably just kind of go back just a little bit and lay some groundwork. And we're going to scratch the surface a little bit as we get started. And we're going to kind of just dig deeper and get into some of the, uh, the wider things of this research. But it all goes back to this idea. The idea of this film, Higher Entities, is looking into the question where there actually government factions and are there government factions even today who are working with alien entities? What they're deeming to be alien entities, I, I should probably clarify. You know, what we find out in our lifetime and our parents and our grandparents' lifetime is that we go back to the late 40s and we find out that there's this guy, Jack Parsons who uh, is responsible for the JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Uh, he, w- without Jack Parsons, there would be no NASA. I, I mean, there, there's so much we could say about Jack Parsons, and I recommend everybody research Jack Parsons. Uh, there's a new TV show that's out. Uh, it's been out for uh, a couple seasons now. It's called Strange Angel, and it's completely inappropriate. I can't recommend it, but it's just going to show that Jack Parsons has become a household name in the mainstream media, and he's being credited as a mastermind who was majorly involved in satanic rituals and sex magic and he's now you know being you know heralded as this genius who was involved in the occult and he's not really looked at as a bad guy at least uh, as of you know season one ended 
But what happened was in the late 40s, Jack Parsons, as a scientist, we got to, you know, we can't forget he was a scientist. He applied the scientific method to everything he did. And so when he was embarking on this satanic ritual called the Babylon working, he was working on this with a guy, L. Ron Hubbard, who was the founder of Scientology. Now, it's, it's important to note that all this ritual was, it was a repackaged satanic ritual that goes back to 1918 that Aleister Crowley had devised. Uh, and it was called in 1918, the Alamantra working. But now we're in the late 40s. You got Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, and they are using the same ritual, but a variation of it out in the California desert, trying to invoke the whore of Babylon, which is a biblical term. Now, they were not going about this by any biblical means, nor is there anything in the Bible that ever tells us to communicate with spiritual entities. Matter of fact, we are commanded not to do such things in Scripture. But there we find Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard performing this satanic ritual, trying to create a rift, a tear, if you will, an open portal between the dimensions, if you want to use that language, where this horror Babylon would cross over. Now, they were doing this for, for a couple years, and finally they say they were successful. And when they were successful in this, all these entities started showing up. You had alien activity, demonic activity, UFO activity, weird stuff was happening. And people began to freak out because common people were now having paranormal experiences. And so they reach out to the government. The government's getting all types of, of reports and, and complaints and questions and you know inquiries about what in the world is going on. Why is all this happening? So the government now has to get involved, and they have to be able to do research to give answers. So they create this private group to do some research on this. And out of that private group, they went to Jack Parsons, and they said, are you responsible for this? You know, we know what you've been doing. Are you responsible for this? And, and what does Jack Parsons say? He says, yes, I think I am. Now, interestingly, this portal gets opened and Jack Parsons blows himself up before he can close this portal himself. He blows himself up in an accident in his home laboratory. And, you know, Darren might want to comment on that here in a second. But it's really important to note that this all started back in the 40s, at least the story that we're investigating. And the government gets involved. They, they raise up this group that says, we're going to get answers for what's going on out here. What are all these paranormal things happening? And back in the 40s, they used a terminology called supernormal. We now say paranormal, but back in the 40s, the, the popular term was supernormal, meaning it was you know outside of a normal realm of possibilities. Anyway, long story short, and we, we break some of this down in the film, but the idea is that this group gets started and one thing leads to another. And before we know it, the government group is now trying to invoke these entities because they found out that there's power with these entities, there's knowledge with these entities, and there's technology with these entities, all things which the government seems to be hungry for. So in all of this, they begin to start trying to make contact with these entities, just like Jack Parsons did. Well, Jack Parsons wasn't just playing with a Ouija board. You know, it wasn't a Ouija board. It wasn't a it wasn't a crystal ball or a magic eight ball. Uh, he was using occult means, what we would call rituals. And all a ritual is is a phone number to break on through to the other side. Well. He's already ripped open this portal. Uh, they're saying the portal can't be closed unless it's closed by the guy that opened it. So the government at this point, the people in this group, they decide to kind of make the best of the situation. Hey, the, the, the doorway is already open. Why don't we start communicating with these, these entities and see what they can give us? And then you have this group in the government that we are now calling the Collins elite. They rise up out of the larger group. They're a counterpoint group. 
they don't agree with what these men are doing. And they claim to have a Christian worldview. And they say, hey, what we got to do here is we've got to go back under the law of Moses. We've got to get away from all of this. This is satanic. This is demonic activity. This is not okay. Why are, you know, how did this start off so simplistic and, 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 and turn out to be this massive umbrella of satanic rituals being carried out by a secret government program, specifically a limited access program uh, or also known as an LAP? So the Collins elite is a group that, that raises up. They say, we don't agree with what this group is doing. And in a situation like this, when you tend to have a change of heart, when you tend to be a faction now and you don't agree with the, with the, the, the government group you're a part of, your life could easily be at risk. So the Collins elite, they, they basically construct themselves as a small, what you may want to call like an interdepartmental group. They construct themselves and they began to try to come up with a solution to this because they see that these entities are demonic and that they are using their own schemes to deceive other agents in the federal government, if you want to use that type of a language. Everybody has, has their own words and, and you know, different language they like to use when describing this stuff. I try to use the, the best language that I can that people might understand that this is demonic, but it's also alien, if you want to use that term. I don't mind using the term alien. So that's where the Collins Elite come into play. And you know, Darren has done quite a bit of research on this. Uh, and, and I want to pass the mic to Darren, but uh, I, I just I want to just answer a, a quick question because some people might be wondering, you know, exactly, you know, these higher entities, like what exactly are these higher entities? It's my belief that the higher of the entities are the fallen angels, the ones who are not in chains right now. We do know in the book of Jude that uh, the ones who fathered children in the uh, initial incursion, the Genesis six incursion, that they are locked up in chains right now awaiting judgment. But that does not count for all of them. There are other fallen angels. And I want to just guide people to this idea here. If you study the uh, revelation and, and, and unfortunately a lot of Christians never, ever look into revelation, but if you study revelation, you go to uh, just study chapter five, you can do the math, get a calculator and do the math. And you're going to find out that there are easily 30 to 50 plus million fallen angels based on the idea that a third of them fell. Now, you do have to do a little bit of math. It's not that hard. Get a calculator, figure it out. But what we're dealing with here is 30 to 50 plus million fallen angels. Now, let me paint a little picture for you. The Texas population. Now, why, why am I even using Texas? Because Texas is the largest of the 48 contiguous United States. In 2019, the Texas population approximately is 29 million, 87,000. And 70 people, not even 30 million people in the entire state of Texas. We're talking about 30 to 50 million plus. And that could be on the conservative side, depending on what scholar you talk to, of fallen angels, of higher entities. And when you consider the fact that these entities can take on the form of man, spiritual warfare could look completely different than it used to. I mean, you know, this is crazy, guys, to think that we could be dealing with a fallen angel, to think that there could be fallen angels in government agencies, to think that there could be fallen angels appearing to government agencies. I mean, it's the scenarios are limitless when we start thinking about the ultimate sin in this world and how the, the heart of man is sinful and it's wicked and it's seeking everything that this world has to offer. 
So I just wanted to kind of start off by explaining that the government initially got involved in all of this to try to get answers for the people. And then what it ended up turning into is this idea that actually we can communicate with these entities and we can get technology and knowledge from these entities. And it's spun out of control. And so we wanted to research and find out if there was any truth to this idea that there was a group in the federal government in the 40s and the 50s and so on. Uh, that was against these satanic rituals, a faction of good per se, who was trying to say, you know what, we really don't need to be communicating with these demons. And at the time, that was the best that they could come up with, was calling them demons. But as Chad Riley found in uh, FBI declassified document 6751, and I'm I'm sure we're going to talk about this later in the show, uh, even in the 40s, the federal government uh, via the FBI knew for a fact that these were not space aliens, but that they were actually interdimensional beings. Hopefully we can talk about that later, Chad. But it's very important to understand that we're dealing with a massive group of fallen angels that are not chained up, and they're going to be a major part of this end times deception. And they're appearing to people, appearing to government employees who are seeking them through rituals, and they're trading them technology for various types of submission. Now, Darren can probably speak. I don't know if it's a good time for this, but if Darren could just tell a little bit about what they were doing uh, with the psychic abilities. Oh, what they were, uh, what we've heard, you know, and we've looked into this is a host of uh, tests, trials to see which type of power they could, they could further themselves with. So, I mean, uh, people were sacrificed really to test what was out there and what were they capable of helping us with. So people were like, uh, put into these special chairs and they would go out psychically to try to make contact with these things. And they actually ended up meeting um, with death uh, through invisible forces. I mean, and this really shook a number of, of agencies that witnessed people dying at the hands of, of what you would think is something of myth, but they were out there. And so that stirred uh, some of these agents to uh, make contact with various people, either priests or or heads of MUFON, or in some cases both in the, in, in the case of Ray Boucher, and find out well, just what are we dealing with here. And, um, you know, those questions went on. I think people are still trying to, to figure that out, and, and the wicked ones are still trying to figure out what they can get from these higher entities. Um, the Collins elite, as we've rumored them to be, uh, knew and found out enough that they were ready to blow the whistle and say, hey, look, this is Satan, this is a demonic invasion. But cleverly, I think... Uh, craft started to crash and uh, debris started to be gathered and it was more than just the Roswell crash. Uh, This started to happen a lot according to my research and these things had the appearance of deep space, you know, visitors and that contrasted all that the Collins elite were, were, were gathering. They were thinking it is and they had vast evidence that it was a paranormal thing that pointed to Satan and demons while the hardware and the beings that that or looked manufactured, according to some reports, the small grays have vertical lines that run over them and they look like manufactured biological drones. Are, were these things just a Trojan horse to dupe the world into believing that we were getting visited by deep space aliens when all along this was a demonic evasion? Well, that's what the Collins elite surmised. And by the time they tried to, to raise the alarm, the, the um, consensus was overwhelming that they were, we were being visited by deep space aliens, and they were just basically outvoted. No one was going to listen to it, and so the great deception began. It was kicked off with these Trojan horse craft 
uh, making it look one way when in fact it is another. And, um, you know, to even go deeper than that, Justin mentioned the Genesis 6 affair. That's when the fallen angels uh, gave massive amounts of high-tech technology to men like warfare and psychedelic drugs, really meant to spell our own doom. And perhaps these craft that were crashed and, and full of fiber optics, the microchip, night vision, according to some reports, is what was what was found in these craft that we started to reverse engineer. You know, again, that's just Genesis six part two. Let's let's give them technology that ultimately after a hundred to two hundred years is gonna, you know, make pathways to their own doom. So it's a complicated subject we're going to get into here tonight, but that's what the one agency was ready to sound the alarm one direction, but they got overwhelmed in in the other and it kicked off, you know, the great deception race that we're now in that we're getting visited from from uh, superior beings from other worlds when all along it's 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 likely something else. Yeah, I think that's another one of the important things about this topic is that it's uh, it's a question that hasn't gone away. <clears throat> Not specifically the Collins elite, but just the alien question. What are we looking at here? And with the the mainstream media, with um, I mean, all the headlines and the the articles that have been written just in this year alone, all pointing towards this same coming official disclosure, whenever that's going to be. And the the church, yeah, there's some people that have answered some things, but um, there's still so many people that don't have a clue. And so for us, this was our way. This was a, a chance the Lord opened up for us to be able to answer what we're dealing with. Um, in worldly terms, um, or excuse me, what we're seeing take place in the world um, in biblical terms is a better way to put that. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, this is basically it's a it's a preemptive strike to the official narrative that has yet to be released. So we're going to be talking about some really crazy stuff tonight, and uh, I just want to drop a little bit of scripture to get us started, if that's okay with you guys. You know, some of the things we're going to say are going to sound completely out there in left field. These are going to be some uh, some topics that might not be discussed in your church. So these are going to be some topics that you may have never heard before. And some people feel very comfortable with the way things are in America right now. But I just want to leave people with, uh, I want to start off by uh, taking people to Psalms chapter 2. Psalm 2 says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Our God is not the friend of the governments of this world, according to scripture. You know, our God doesn't play with the Babylonian system. Our God doesn't play with this stuff. The kingdoms and the rulers of this world, according to scripture, are anti-God by majority. And so we need to go ahead and establish that that's a biblical concept. That's a theme of scripture as we dive into tonight's topic. Very cool. Um, obviously, the film is called Higher Entities. Who are the higher entities? What are the different kinds of entities discussed in the film? And most importantly, what role do you see these entities playing in the Bible prophecy narrative? Well, I I think it's important to go back to what the scripture teaches first and foremost. And uh, obviously, in the film, we get some some different uh, statements made about different types of entities. And and that's great. We'll get to that in just a second. But I want to make a point that, biblically speaking, 
you know, we are told in uh, in Hebrews that we have, you know, we need to be careful, you know, how we react and treat strangers. Uh, d- different translations are gonna are gonna use different words, but we're given a New Testament warning that you know we could be entertaining an angel unaware, and so in order to be you know, given this warning about humans, like, you know, be careful how you treat a human stranger. Uh, we know that angels can take on the shape of man. So you could be in the presence of an angel thinking that you're in the presence of a human. Now, that, that that's actually a very important uh, little nugget of scripture to grasp onto here. The ancient cultures, <clears throat> excuse me, the ancient cultures uh, had a belief that these spiritual entities, when they crossed over into our realm, when they crossed over from the spiritual realm into our dimension, that they could take on different forms and shapes. Now, we know biblically they can at least take on the form of a human. And we also know biblically that they can take on the form of something much greater than a human. Because we see various times in scripture where angels show up and people are freaked out. <laughs> I mean, it's not something that mankind generally wants to play with. But I say that just to make the point that, biblically speaking, we have evidence that there's at least two forms that angels can take when they cross over into our reality. And we know that the good angels, if they're appearing in their natural form, tend to have an effect on people of, you know, people just want to revere them and worship them. I mean, that's generally what happens. And so when we think about the fallen angels that are not chained up right now, some of them are chained. We know this for a fact. Uh but when we think about the fallen angels who have left their heavenly estate, when they, they've left uh, the, the creation that God made for them, they've rebelled. You know, there's no telling how they're appearing to people you know, directly. But we do know we have tons of evidence that uh, people are being visited by different looking entities. So whether these entities are taking on different forms and different shapes uh, when they're coming into our reality, uh, whether they're, they're you know, embracing that changeling quality that the ancient world believed in. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't tell you 100% on that. Uh, I know that all three of us sitting in this room right now, uh, between Wes, Darren, and I, we probably have some slightly different opinions about uh, whether they're all the same type of entity and they just take on different shapes. But in the film, we do talk about the idea that you know, the Canadian prime minister had laid out a pretty large number of, of entities that he was aware of. Uh, we know that Stan Deo, one of our guests in the film, uh, he worked on a secret uh, – he, he was an undercover agent for the FBI – he worked on a secret underground program in Australia with the Britain government, uh, or with uh, the British government, the Australian government, and the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation. All three working together underground in a, in a deep underground military base. They were working on anti-gravity craft. Stan Deo said that his colleagues that he worked with were in direct contact with at least uh, what two types of entities? I think at least two that he knew of, maybe more. I forget exactly uh, some of the things he told us off record, but he said that uh, he brushed shoulders with a man and a woman at a United Nations meeting, and he was fully convinced that they were not from here, meaning Earth. They were not from around Earth. <laughs> he actually used the terminology. He just felt that they were not from around here, or they're not from here. Uh, he said that uh, they were tall, they were fair-skinned, and he said that he felt threatened by them. And it might have been Christ in him that felt threatened by these people, or that brought that conviction, that quickness in his spirit to know that they were not normal. But regardless, um, 
we cover a, a couple different types of entities and, you know, Darren has a slightly different view than we do. He brought up a couple others. Uh, but the, the thing that we really need to get across is the, the coming deception that we believe got rooted back in the Eisenhower scenario, back where Eisenhower met with entities, that there was two families of entities that were reportedly meeting with Eisenhower, and that would be the Nordics or the Gray Aliens. Now, Darren, you yeah. want to comment on that? Well, you know, that's how the story goes, is that uh, they were about ready to sign some sort of a treaty, the Grieta Treaty or whatever, with some type of greys. Um, and you can go into that. The tall greys seem to be a species unto themselves. The short greys seem to be manufactured biological drones from what we're, we're not sure but, um, you know, and it seemed like the deal was pretty plain, you know, we'll trade you this technology and this and that if we're allowed to, uh, ex- you know, study a certain number of hum- humans and um, the rules where you have to tell us who you're taking, you can only have a limited number of yada, yada, yada. And some people stop the rumor there, but the way I have researched it is that some other entity contacted and tried to stop that from happening, saying you're going to get double-crossed. You know, these are our longtime enemies. So these are like the the Nordics. These are like the um, uh, human-looking, you know, shiny, the shining ones. And so they tried to warn them about this. And um, But their, their, their qualifications were we had to give up all our nuclear arsenal in order to do that. And now, of course, that's that's just planting the seed that, hey, we've already gone down that path. You guys don't want to do that. We're going to try to save you from yourselves. And um, so, of course, the story goes that 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 demand was too much. Everybody was scared. We're we're not going to give up our nuclear weapons, our main uh, defense against some sort of entities from outer space, quote unquote. So they signed the, the, the deal with the Greys, whatever type they were at the time. And honestly, that just sets up what, you know, Justin was talking about a little bit. That's the great deception. So there's been um, in the official disclosure project, there's been a lot of testimony come forward where a lot of craft and entities are watching our nuclear tests. Uh, little things are, are, are zooming around our nuclear missiles, studying them, shooting little red beams into the missiles. People were, were said, I saw this right on, on video. I watched this craft that was not affected by gravity whatsoever. Zoom around and take study these nuclear miss- missiles. What it does is it puts us so either for we're going to have lots of nuclear um, meltdowns or, or if we have a major earthquake catastrophe, like say up the middle of the United States on the New Madrid fault line, we've got like 20 some, I don't have the exact number, nuclear uh, reactors through there. Let's say we have four of them that are failing and then you have a nuclear conflict and you have all the radiation from that and mess up. Well, then they're going to come in and save us from from that, right? I think you, we've all heard this story before and they're going to say, hey, Back in the day, we told you guys to give this stuff up, and now, you know, here's the greys. They've been abducting you. They didn't follow the rules for your treaty. There are snakes. There's slime. So let us save you from the radiation. Let us save you from these greys. And and now aren't we just feeling, you know, let's help you turn the lights back on. We'll help stop the pandemics, and we're the great alien saviors. And so I think a lot of people believe that that's part of the great deception when they come to save us from ourselves. I was going to add something uh, to the whole biblical aspect of this. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I do want to dr- um, I do want to drop a couple things just in the the in worldly standards. Some of the research that we uncovered. Um, one is, and this is uh, all credit to Chad finding 
a document, um, and he can give more information on this later, but just to drop this, um, there's an FBI document dating back to the 40s that say that they're interdimensional and that they're not interplanetary. Um, you've got the Ancient Alien series uh, that documents very well the Ancient Astronaut Theory, that these are these are creator gods that have come here and seeded our planet. Um, you've got them um, presenting themselves as gods themselves, so in, in effect that they would uh, receive worship of themselves. Um, these are a few things that we can look at, and we can take that and, and look in the Bible to find out how, sh- how we should deal with it. <clears throat> so if any angel is going to be receiving worship, they're not of God. They've, they've taken that. Uh, they've taken the, the God status, little g, of their own. Um, they're not directing people to Christ. They're not, they're not giving uh, glory to the Father. So that's one red flag. Um, if they're bringing a different gospel, if they're bringing a different uh, message of creation, <clears throat> if they're bringing a different message of creation or anything to deter from the gospel of Christ, we know that that would also paint them with the same flag of being, um, of being a, a fallen angel. So there's, there's a handful of things that we can look at um, uh, in, the, in the physical and the natural realm and then take them back to Scripture. Um, another would be with, uh, with the fallen angels and going into the idea of the interdimensional quality. Um, if you look at, and we went into this in the film, but if you look at um, Satan tempting uh, Jesus in the wilderness, he takes him to a very high mountain and very high place, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in an instant of time, in one moment of time. Um, that's, an, that's an interdimensional feat. Um, there's another one in, in Job when, the, when Satan or one of the Satans, one of the adversaries, is appearing before God in the in the divine council with the sons of God, <clears throat> but he's also able to to be in and on the earth, uh, going up and down in it. Um, so he's he's able to be in one realm and in the other realm. So that's uh, showing another inter- interdimensional quality of them. So with all these things, uh, we do know that the all these instances that are taking place with these entities appearing to to man or. Uh, the abduction scenarios or whatever you have um, there. None of the stories are the same. So it shows the deceptive quality of them Um, with the interdimensional qualities that lines parallel with the fallen angels as well and the different gospel. So we know that they're not, uh, they don't have humanity's best interest at hand and, and, and even more so they're looking to set up this, this final grand deception, which is going to be leading people away from Christ and it's going to be leading people into the doctrine of the Antichrist. Well, not only that, you've also got Jacques Vallée, which is one of the leading ufologists out there. Out of the out of all the ufologists out there, him and Heineck are the two most well-known. They're the most renowned. And uh, what was it? Uh, Jacques Vallée, actually, in his book, Pagodia, he actually said that uh, these things were nefarious, that they were masquerading, and that they have been for you know millennia. Um, you know, that they appeared as fairies and gnomes and goblins and different things in the past. And people would talk about abductions and that they lost uh, time and different things. And then later on in the, what was it, the late 1700s, they were appearing to people as uh, people from the clouds that were coming down in airships. And, you know, then around the 40s, then, you know, we got into the whole flying saucer and the gray alien era. So, I mean, this this has been going on for a very, very long time. You know, I, I love, I mean, I, I place so much of an emphasis on the scriptures and also on research. And I love the fact that in this documentary, y'all, y'all have such a high view of both 
the, the scriptural truth and also quality research. I mean, I think that's so important because it's really hard to argue with both of those. And, um, you know, Chad, one thing I really appreciate about you is, uh, you know, you put out that research all, you know, daily, um, documents that uh, maybe have become declassified and, um, it's there for public consumption if people want to take the time to to view it. And like you were just talking about, like there's such a connection with the Nazis and, and that was discussed too in um, the Hollow Earth Chronicles. And uh, so I just want to ask you, Chad, like wh- why, do you, why, do you, why do you think these fallen entities seek an alliance with the governments of men? I believe that they've been in alliance with them, you know, all the way back to the beginning of time. Um, that's the thing is that nobody in this world basically achieves any kind of power or status unless they're in league with them. Uh, that was brought up, uh, by a gentleman by the name of Roger Morneau. He actually became a seventh day Adventist and came to the Lord. But, uh, before he did that, he was actually, um, he got involved with what they called spirit worship and they, Basically told him, he said, look, you know, we worship spirits. We worship Lucifer and his fallen angels, and they're just as beautiful as the day they were cast out of heaven. And our master was misunderstood. And that was another thing that, you know, whenever I got to that, you know, I brought that to Justin's attention. I was like, I said, look, that's like I said, they are even referring to him as the master, just like, you know, Admiral Byrd. When Admiral Byrd encountered this entity in the hollow earth, when they took him into that opening up there at the North Pole, um, they took him to see the master mm. and, you know, that was, that was our, you know, belief was that when they were talking about the master, they were talking about Satan and, you know, Roger Morneau just confirmed that he said that that's what they call Lucifer. They call it, they or Satan. They call him the master. Hey, can I, can I add something into this? Yeah, man. Anybody can. The thing that uh, I really want to get the, this idea across and, um, you know, there's a lot of really crazy stuff in the ancient world, like, you know, artifacts and, and uh, reliefs and carvings and, you know, cave art, crazy stuff showing some very strange type of entities. And, you know, we've kind of come up in the church as just discounting, you know, much of these things to just, you know, idols. And we've been taught that, you know, idols are nothing. You know, they're just some figment of somebody's imagination, but it's actually different. It's actually different than that. And because Paul, you know, Paul gives us a, a biblical understanding by, again, Paul was being led by the Holy Spirit. So when we read the writings of Paul, we're not just reading somebody's opinion. We're reading a, a biblical warning about what's really happening. And, you know, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 10, he's actually talking about it's the demon that's behind the idol. Okay, now the idol itself, it might be made out of stone, it could be made out of gold, it could just be a picture on a wall, but it's the demon behind the idol. That's who people are making sacrifices to. When someone is sacrificing food to idols or they're sacrificing something to an idol, they're actually not sacrificing it to that to that metal or stone. They're, they're sacrificing it to the demon behind it or the entity behind the idol. And so when we see these crazy, like just unbelievable idols of like little fairies or little weird hybrid looking beings or part man part. I mean, look, there's so many types of idols from the ancient world that show uh, weird hybrid looking creatures, uh, which, you know, have body parts of animals and humans uh, or fairies or weird little things of myth. 
But what we're finding out is that somewhere down the line, there was a demon that that was crafted after. And so I think it's really important for Christians to kind of shake off some of this uh, this teaching and this this uh, doctrine that we've been taught over the years, and that we understand that there's so much more behind the veil of you know this world into the spirit world, if you want to use that type of language. And praise God that we're you know that that we don't you know I, I'm glad I don't wake up every day and th- that I'm not walking around and you know in the spirit world looking at the ascended masters you know i mean i'm glad that that's not my life i'm glad that uh, that i wake up and i live in this earthly realm where i can still worship god but there are people who walk in the spirit realm they're occultists they wake up they astral project they they take different substances to allow them to enter into these states you know and all i want to say is that as christians we have to realize that we've only been taught part of the truth pertaining to spiritual warfare in the church you hit on something right there too. What you're talking about? Uh, what is it? Um, Graham Hancock and a lot of people out there that are familiar with Graham Hancock. I mean, he's the one who talks about doing the ayahuasca trips and and doing stuff like that. Well, in his book Supernatural, you know, L.A. Marzulli and Russ Dizdar brought up this point was that in his book Supernatural, you know, he's in the spirit realm and he's encountering the gray aliens in the spirit realm on an ayahuasca trip. You know, just giving further affirmation that, you know, this, this stuff is all connected, you know, and then you got, who was it, Joe Rogan just recently had Bob Lazar on, you know, the one that was at Area 51, and during their discussion, he's talking about the nine craft that they have out there at, at, at S4, Area 51, he said one of the craft that they have out there was actually found in an archaeological dig, no, I, I just I want people to get the get this idea across that just because we've been taught that something is a myth or some weird, you know, left field belief from some culture in history, it doesn't mean that it's not true. Now, I'm never going to put any ancient history up next to the Bible and say that it will hold the weight that the Bible holds. The Word of God is the Word of God. It's a completed work. You know, if you want to just break it down, the Bible's done. It's complete. It's the word of God. It's the only of its kind in the world. There is no other religious text anywhere that was given by God. I don't care what people tell you. It's the Bible or nothing. Like the Bible is the word of God. And it's a closed book. However, there are things in other cultures that we can look at to show some of the other takes on what was actually going on in those biblical times in other cultures. Because the Bible touches on some of that. We can get a little bit of a greater understanding of that if we choose to dig into those areas, which is what we've done is we've chosen to dig into those areas to see what the different cultures were doing because it all lines up with the coming great deception that we're entering into as as a world. And so that's why I think it's important to not discount these ideas of, of what the old cultures talked about, about the fairies uh, and, and the different types of entities. As crazy as it sounds, the demons are very creative. And I, I made a comment on a podcast uh, so many months ago that spiritual warfare is changing. You know, we're, we're entering into a different time period where people think differently, where people are affected differently. Uh, and, and if somebody doesn't believe in that, all you got to do is just look at what was, uh, you know, politically correct 15 years ago versus what's politically correct today. The times are changing. People are being brainwashed differently. You know, we're now producing a, a whole world of these little seeker-sensitive fake millennial Christians, you know, with their double thick rim glasses and their message Bibles. I mean, times are changing and we've got to make sure that we understand that spiritual warfare is changing 
The enemy's attacks are going to be changing and they're going to try to hit us where they can, because as we grow closer to Jesus Christ, we are not easily tempted by the things that the old life used to tempt us with. So the enemy is now having to find new ways of attacking us as we grow closer to Christ and as the culture changes. So some people may not agree with what I just said, but I really believe spiritual warfare, you know, its appearance is changing as we get closer to this end times. And that's why I do believe we need to understand that there is a great deception coming and that it is a spiritual deception and that there's a connection with this whole alien agenda. That's why we choose to do these types of films because we feel that the church has really fallen short on understanding the big picture. Now, granted, you know, the church by majority does have it down that Jesus Christ is the only way. Now I can't say every church because there's false churches everywhere. But Jesus Christ is the only way that is still being proclaimed by a lot of mainstream churches. However, just because they're proclaiming that Jesus is Lord doesn't mean that they have a full understanding of everything else that's taking place. And I think that's where it's important that the body of Christ is recognized as different members of one body. Like Paul said, we can't be criticizing each other just because we've never been taught these things. BDK might teach something that I've never been taught, but for me just to, to climb all over him and to criticize him because I don't feel that that's my area of ministry. (laughs) So I I bring that up just to say that we have got to be laboring in these days. That's why we make these types of films. We're trying to fill in some of the blanks that the modern church is failing to present to its congregants. You know, I think it's really cool that you brought up uh, 1 Corinthians 10, where Paul's talking about, you know, when, when they're worshiping the idols, they're worshiping demons. He's not making up something new. He's, he's quoting Deuteronomy 32. So he's yes. he's showing a biblical worldview in what he's saying. And, you know, it, I really appreciate, too, what you're talking about in terms of, like, just because we get born again and we're instantly brought into the kingdom of God, that doesn't mean we're instantly given a biblical worldview. Like, that's something that takes time. And um, <laughs> I really appreciate the way y'all are trying to fill in the gaps with this alien agenda, with this great deception question, but you're not just coming at it from uh, from a feeling standpoint or from an opinion standpoint, you're really trying to give a biblical basis, uh, a biblical framework for these really important topics that are affecting the world and have been for millennia. So thank you all for doing right. that. Man. Yeah, well, let's connect some dots for a minute and talk a little bit about what Justin and Chad said about how these entities are appearing um, based on the the time, the culture, and how that's changing. You know, you think about the Sumerian reliefs where you show the big bearded Anunnaki things with the weir- the wings and stuff. So, you know, they're appearing to the days of Nimrod and the cultures that were going on at the time. So, what were those? What would those guys actually respect if it's it's if it's appearing and demanding worship, etc.? It'd be like big bearded nasty looking and now let's just fast forward all the way to what we see you 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 google pladians or nordics or whatever now what's coming up golden haired smooth faced you know it's kind of like sissy culture for today right mm-hmm. so if these are the same they're just a, they're just changing um how they appear and when they're appearing to try to get the adoration and and the worship of the, of the people they're appearing to at the time. And Chad even said that in, in Valet's Passport to Margonia book. He, t- he Oh, that's a great book. He covers all the, these different types of entities, how they appear over time. 
So what is their end game? Let's go all the way back, though, and then we'll fast forward again. So when they appeared to the days of Nimrod, you know, we all know that it says that he began to be a gibberim, right? So he is he is having enough um, contact with these things that they're able to change him physically. So I believe um, via incantation and ritual, he is seeking more power. And... Um, and he got it. He got that power. And I believe that's, uh, that's, of course, how the giants came back after the flood. There was no DNA hiding in one of Noah's sons' wives. That's nonsense. He, God would not have had them bring them on the ark if that was true. I hate that theory. It doesn't hold water for me. And what happened is is that um, you know, rumor has it that they saw the, that one of Noah's sons found a pillar inscribed with some of the secrets of the watchers and probably just started to keep things alive again. And, you know, fast forward all the way into the Nimrod's uh, genealogy in camp and, and they learned how to contact these things and get them to come back through. And so if Nimrod's physicality is being changed, well, then you've got uh, they're probably offering up their women to be changed as well. And they start to have uh, a much less, uh, nasty kind of a giant than did originally and i don't know why that is because maybe the dna has watered down over the generations or that's up for debate in itself but you're having rituals that bring in these entities that then start to affect our physical world so come all the way until you know you've got alistair crowley and jack parsons doing their workings these rituals that um are opening our world to these things coming through and maybe they did it to the point where, like, these things gained the right to start abducting people who ha- were not doing the ritual. So Betty, Barney Hill, they get abducted. They've got missing time and they're being experimented on sexually, the reproduction. They're taking samples. And those are happening by the thousands all over all over the world now. So what have we done um, We've ripped open uh, some – and that's what goes to the Collins Elite. That's what goes to the higher entities that uh, there is such a flood of things coming in and having all these uh, rights almost to, to dabble in, in, in our world, our culture, our bodies. Uh, that's, that's what made the Collins Elite say we have to stop this demonic invasion. So I just think – I hope that connects some dots all the way from Nimrod all the way till now. It's incantation making contact, making Faustian bargains for power that, you know, ultimately they're smarter than these folks. And, you know, Jack Parsons blew himself up and we know how a lot ends for a lot of these people who, who, who make these, these dirty deals, but where's it all going? So that's what we can continue to explore in these films and this program tonight. So Chad, um, Darren was talking about Jack Parsons and these portals and how these things really need kind of like a permission to enter into our space and our time. Uh, I believe what Wes said is 100% true, that these beings are more interdimensional than from another planet. What role did Jack Parsons play in opening these portals? Because him and Ron Hubbard and Aleister Crowley all kind of like meet in this crazy, crazy way and really kick off like this whole modern Roswell scenario and all of these things that follow. Yeah, uh, actually, both Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard were both uh, initiates of uh, Aleister Crowley. They were part of Thelema and the OTO and all that. And that was the thing is he had already done what they were going to 
attempt to do. The Babylon working was actually based on one of Crowley's workings that he had done, the Alamantra working. And he had made contact with uh, two different entities. First one he made contact with was one called AWAS, where he basically recited the book of the law and he wrote everything down that AWAS was telling him. And the other one was a demon that he conjured up named Lamb. And it's very odd that Lamb looks like a gray alien. If you look at a picture of him. But, uh, yeah, that that was the whole thing was that they were between the years of 1945 and 46. They were performing the Babylon working ritual trying to bring about the horror of Babylon. And uh, Justin does a pretty good breakdown on this if he wants to jump in right here about the uh, the horror of Babylon. The horror of Babylon, uh, we, we've talked about with BDK uh a little bit back when we did the, the belly of the beast interview. Uh, definitely. If you have not listened to that interview and you're listening to this, definitely go back and listen to the belly of the beast show we did. Uh, but the idea of the horror of Babylon, uh, there were some occult beliefs. Some would call them occult prophecies. If you want to go that route, uh, that gave this idea that a, uh, uh this entity, this hilarion entity was, uh, going to take part in this ritual. It was going to cross over and a woman was going to be impregnated and give birth to what they called the Whore of Babylon. And that this Whore of Babylon was going to rise to prominence in the political realm, and that she was going to um, basically be almost a John the Baptist for the Antichrist. She was going to prepare the way and be a very powerful figurehead uh, in this time period in which she was birthed. Now, Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, uh, they, you know, they, they did this ritual for a couple of years, and it finally took... And when it took, uh, Jack Parsons said by scientific method that we were successful, that we, we were able to make contact with the Hilarion, and that the child was impregnated into the woman. And so with that, a year later, a child is born, which we have record that Hillary Rodham Clinton was born a year later in this vicinity. Uh, very interesting that they named her Hillary, and the entity that they communicated with was called Hilarion. Uh, it's interesting that she rose to prominence in the political arena and that she is uh, advocating everything that God hates. So it's very possible that there's a connection there. We tend to believe that there is a connection there. Um, but that ritual, you know, that's the ritual that opened up this doorway. And when this doorway was open, people were starting to get a little panicky. There were UFO sightings. There were uh, entities. There were all kinds of crazy reports of things happening that the government is now responsible to give some type of a report on. The government has to give some type of an answer to all of these claims and all of these reports because it's so many that they can't look the other way. And so that's what started this big group. That's what started this investigation uh, out of which a smaller group spun off. It was a counterpoint group known as the Collins Elite. You know, they were part of this this larger group that was investigating what took place out in the desert with Jack Parsons because they clearly were successful. Uh, there was all kinds of demonic activity happening afterwards. So that's the nutshell version of what took place with the Babylon working. But that's why the government had to get involved because people were asking questions and, and people were, were reporting very strange activities. So the government gets involved. They create a non-existent group, uh, what's known as a limited access program. And uh, I've said this in other programs, but a limited access program, uh, it's limited. And no one in Congress even has to know that it exists. So for anybody out there who understands how security clearances work, 
Um, if it's a limited access program or an LAP, whatever you want to call it, uh, if it's one of those, it technically does not exist on paper. And people that are in those groups are expendable. Would, would you like to comment on that, Darren? Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the goal is much more important than the individual. I mean, I think in, in, in higher entities, Tom Horn shares a personal story. I don't know if I want to give away that content, but yes, yeah, somebody said that was working in one of these black projects and said the wrong thing at the wrong time. And they probably had the house bugged and you never see him again. So um, that's why he cautions, you know, be very careful about how you investigate this, these kinds of things. So um yeah, we're treading in dangerous water here to start to uncover uh, what's going on. But I like uh, what I, Wes mentioned one time. He said, you, you know, films like Higher Entities and the shows that you guys are doing are like a preemptive strike against this great deception that's coming. So, um, you know, we just have to be courageous and, and Revelation even cautions, you know, who will not inherit the kingdom of God? People often don't see this as part of the list is cowards will not inherit the kingdom of God. So uh, we got to bring it. We got to bring it. So whatever we're, whatever we're uncovering with these investigations, we cannot shrink back and we have to call it as we, as we call it. And I think that's what we're doing right here. Leading up to stuff. I mean, we got Aurora, the very late 1800s, you know, the incident that happened in Aurora, Texas. Then there was the incident that happened in Missouri in 1941. Then you got the Battle of Los Angeles that occurred in uh, 1942. And then in 1947, it seems like everything just kicked off. You know, it's like whatever Parsons and Hubbard were doing, it was successful because, you know, then we have Roswell. And then, like you're saying, everything just really took off and skyrocketed from there. Um, you had the incident in 1952 in Washington where the not only was it, uh, you know, multiple UFOs that were buzzing the White House, but that they were flying in a Luftwaffe formation, which was very bizarre. That was one of the things that uh, Jim Wilhelmson brought up in the Hollow Earth. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, every, uh, that, that's one of the key years, period, 1947. It's like so much stuff was happening. Even that document, 6751, it's from 1947. And in that document, they clearly stated that, you know, these things are not coming from outer space or from another planet. They're coming, you know, they're, they're entering here interdimensionally. They, they don't even come from a plane like we know. It was talking about an ethereal plane, and it used terminology like the locas. It said people that are, you know, uh, educated and esoteric and occult will understand these terms. So, I mean, it, they came right out and said it in that document. They didn't mince any words or pull any punches it seems like they have to operate by a whole set of rules and there's a lot of dodgy deceiving uh behavior but let's let's think about that for a minute because the scriptures say that the restrainer is going to be lifted someday and what is that going to look like and also let's combine that with the scripture that says satan is cast down to the earth um, and he knows he has a, a short time so, and Psalms also say that you are like princes, but yet you're going to die like men. So I think that we're watching these entities have to operate by a host of rules right now, put in place by the restrainer and, and, and stuff that's beyond our comprehension, honestly, right now. So you have all these governmental organizations, the wicked parts of them trying to um, get power from it, make deals and use it to their advantage. The good forces like the Collins elite trying to combat it. 
And, and meanwhile, it's just like this cloak and dagger cat and mouse thing. I think there's going to become a time um, eventually when Satan is cast down and when the restrainer is lifted, these entities, and there could be a host of different types, are going to be in a much more physical um not hand-to-hand combat, but it's going to be men's hearts will fail them for what they see. And it also Revelation says that a third of the men are going to be killed by beasts of the earth. So, and the, and the earth is going to crack open. I just think it's beyond our comprehension, but I do think that it's going to go from this spiritual dodgy to this right in your face, physical era. And, and who knows how many uh, of believers, the true saints are going to be around at this time. I don't believe in a pre-trib rapture, but I do believe that uh, so many of us are going to be martyred um, that there'll be hardly anybody around at, when, when some of this stuff breaks open. But I just, I just see that there's going to come a time where uh, these princes are going to die like men. I mean, it's going to come to the point where they're, they're actually formula, forming armies to battle at the Battle of Armageddon um, you know, it's it, that's like stuff straight out of the movies. You know, one of the things I find interesting about this is that um, some of this, some of these topics that we're discussing, could be really shocking to a lot of people because a lot of people, maybe not a lot of our listeners, but a lot of people just don't want to think about these things. They just don't want to entertain these thoughts. It's just too troubling. But for like an early Christian, they'd be vibing with y'all. They'd be like, yeah. That's not surprising. Like Justin Martyr quotes Genesis 6, and he's talking about how the angels transgressed their appointment, were captivated by the love of women, begat children, who are those that are called demons. Like he's basically quoting the book of Enoch and Genesis 6 together. Commodianus talks about this stuff too. He says, like, such was the beauty of women that it turned the angels aside. And as a result, being contaminated, they could not return to heaven. Being rebels from God, they uttered words against him. And the Most High uttered word, uttered his judgment against them. And from their seed, giants are said to have been born. And when they died, men erected images to them. Like, he, they're just so straightforward with it, not batting an eyelash almost. But it's really difficult for a lot of people to accept this. So, like, one question um, that I had, that I didn't put this down in, in the uh, prep stuff, but, like, what kind of advice would y'all give to someone who has never really entertained these thoughts? Like, what's a good starting place for someone like that that's maybe been a Christian for a long time, but they just don't want to think about these types of uh, deceptions? I think it's important, it's important that, to know uh, your enemy. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Well, I was just going to say, it's important to know your enemy. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, before a soldier goes off to fight in a battle and go onto the battlefield, you have to study your enemy. You know, what are their tactics? What kind of weapons are they going to be using? Uh, that's why it's important to know this stuff is that you can be prepared and be armed and know exactly what it is that you're looking at and what you're dealing with. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's a, it's just really uh, it's it's an unprecedented time for the church. I mean, I mean, literally, like we are living in a day and age where we are seeing Bible prophecy being fulfilled. And, and, and the crazy part about it is the average American Christian would agree with me there. However, they're looking at the surface. We're looking at the deeper things. And I, I believe that we live in a time where the, the word of God is not being rightly divided. I think that's another thing. That's another issue in the church is that pastors are only going to teach on things that are going to keep the, the monetary coming in, the monetary units coming in, uh, the things that are going to keep the seats filled. And so they're not really talking about a lot of the crazy stuff. Now, I'll, I'll just take a gamble and roll the dice here. 
Uh, I believe that if you actually had the backbone to rightly divide the word of God and preach on the harder topics, such as Genesis 6, such as the alien agenda, such as the coming great deception, I think if you actually had the backbone to teach on those things, the seats would be filled because people want to hear that when they realize that these things are actually happening and that these are really uh, prophecies being fulfilled. I believe that and th- this is my opinion, but I do believe that the average church would probably not really lose that many people if everybody was teaching the truth. I think people would be hungry for more and more and more. And I can say at least I am and at least so many other Christians like myself are so hungry for the truth uh, that we want the full counsel. You know, we don't just want this part or that part. We don't want a cherry picking, springboarding seminary graduate uh, as much as we want somebody who's been to the seminary uh, with John the Baptist in the wilderness, you know, like we want to be taught by the Holy Spirit and the word of God rather than somebody with a Ph.D. And I think one of the challenges in the seminaries is that a lot of my friends that have gone to seminary, they've come out uh, where they've learned various views of things, which I think is a very healthy thing to learn various views. Unfortunately, a lot of the professors in the in the mainstream seminaries even though they're teaching three or four different views, they're putting their stock into one of those views that tends to desupernaturalize the passage. Therefore, the people that are uh, coming up under them who are learning at their feet, they're going to tend to take the desupernaturalized view as well. So that's one of the things that I think that we need to wake up and realize is that the Bible is a supernatural book, and we need to understand it from a supernatural ancient, uh, ancient Hebraic perspective. And what we find out into that is that the ancient Hebrews had a very, very supernatural perspective of everything. And it was not uncommon uh, to have talk of angels and demons in their day. So I think it's important that we that we step up and that we're able yes. to bring the supernatural uh, perspective back to Scripture. And if we don't, we're going to miss out a whole lot on what's coming. Well, not only that, but also even... Um, you know, the, the, the stories of the giants that we read about in the Bible, whether it be Og or if it was um, uh, Goliath, you know, I mean, even Josephus and mm-hmm. Antiquities of the Jews, you know, he talks about the, the bones of the giants and how they were still on display back at, during his, his time, you know, that they saw these things and that they were not only that, the way he talks, it's almost like some of them were still walking around because he talks about how they were uh, terrible to the sight and terrible to the sound, you know, the, the, just hearing them was, you know, horrible. Amen. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things we're, we're dealing with and y'all, I think everybody who spoke on this, um, is, has mentioned it or referenced it. Um, and that is that back then it was, um, it was, it was common knowledge. The supernatural worldview was, um, it was a mainstay among among people as they read scripture. They understood it differently than we do now. We're looking at it, you know, two thousand years. Well, even more than that uh, for the Old Testament. But we're we're looking at it from uh, we're looking back in time. And so we need to be sure that we're reading it one in context. Um, even the the most important thing is we need to be reading the Bible. And, and I think that's where a big problem comes in too. Is that uh, most people don't uh, take the time to search out the scriptures to to look into these things and to and define them. Um, the Bible is a supernatural book. It's um, it's God breathed. Uh, it is it's as the the acronym goes. It's our basic instructions before leaving Earth. It's our map. And so if we don't know that, we're we're already at a disadvantage. But um, yeah, I think that um, I think that's the biggest issue that we're dealing with <clears throat> is that we're looking at the majority of the world doesn't see supernaturally, and if they are seeing it, uh, they're not seeing it biblically. 
And and what you what you brought up, I thought was an interesting way you put it. So what if someone's listening to this right now? This is Darren. What if someone's listening to this right now and says, I don't want to deal with this. And and um, this is uncomfortable for me. You know, I think I deal with this in my book. Zero Jesus, like the main character has to go through this with his father. And the way the way um, Garrett's father puts it to him is honestly, there was generations that passed many, many generations that passed that maybe could have avoided some of these topics because they were they were fighting strictly against um, uh, unseen forces of the spiritual nature. But unfortunately, and we all sense this is coming, there's going to come a time here in the not too distant future where I would be doing a big disservice to my children to not teach them the truth of what's going on with this because as it happens in my novel series, your humanness is the greatest gift that the creator has given you. And until just recently, there's nothing anybody could do about being human. You're born human, you die human, right? Well, now you can get a a gene-altering kit off of Amazon for $175 and start doing some gene hacking right in your own garage. And so uh, we go back to uh, the days of Noah. All flesh was corrupted. It wasn't what God had made. Something had come in and started altering the genetics, Right. Uh, you know, not necessarily of the spiritual nature. We're talking what's born, what's being mixed, what's what's hatching. What's uh, this is this is stuff that you can't just bury your head in the sand about. I'm sorry, we're coming to a time where you're going to have to guard your pure humanity, and and the deception is going to be great. And what what crises are going to be thrown in to crack the saints to break us down? A pandemic a swine flu that suddenly we have to get some sort of vaccine for. Oh, unfortunately, it has swine in it or whatever, a little bit of them in it because they're going to save us from this disease, these un- unknown alien saviors. So there's a little mix of swine, there's a little mix of them, and you know that'll write your genes. Well, how about when when all humanity you know, loves their life unto death, right? The scriptures warn us not to do that. So you've stuck your head in the sand. You don't want to think about these things. And now you didn't teach your kids to think about these things. And now the trucks are coming around going, hey, here's the upgrade. Oops. Well, you haven't prepared for it. Now you've taken the upgrade. You're given the chance. You're a volunteer. We know that the mark of the beast is going to be something like that. It's not going to be forced. You're not going to be strapped down. You're going to have a chance to say, I'm going to either eat and I'm going to um, do what the government and this great deception is saying, or I'm going to have to just trust my savior. And I'm going to have to just go without it and protect my pure humanity and and not let my flesh become corrupt. Because bottom line is Jesus was pure human and pure God to die for pure humans. And if you're something else, I'm sorry, you're not going to fall underneath of that plan, of, of his of his plan for redemption and salvation. That's why the the reprobate creations before the flood were not savable. They had fallen outside of the plan. And uh, we're they're, it's all coming back right around again. Someone mentioned it. I think Wes did. It's the same lie that was told in the garden. You'll surely not die. Well, what did they do right after they, they, they made that decision? They died. And so I hate to say it. It's, it's not as complicated and, and misty as, as some people make it out to be. We're going to have a choice. You're going to have a, a bite of the apple that you're going to take or not take. And it's going to be hard. And it's, the great deception is called what? Great. Because when you're watching your own kids suffer – and everybody's counting you as the devil because you're willing to let your kids suffer and not give them the upgrade, they're going to come for you. They're going to come. They're going to come and take your kids. It's going to get really rough. And the Antichrist has his way with the saints for a time. The scriptures are plain and say that. So if we don't overcome into the end, uh, which is Revelation is all about, uh, it's I don't know who's going to be around 
for those dark days. I've just outlined some pretty scary stuff. I hope I really rattled some folks because honestly, you could be living in those things coming in it's, and your blood is not going to be on, 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 on my head. And, and I got to take responsibility for my kids right now. And, and, and so you can't just say, I don't think I want to listen to that. You miss those generations that were able to ignore the scary stuff. Uh, maybe it was just all about being on church and Sundays and, and helping people. But I think those times are, are ending. We have to face it. We have to face what's coming. And, and it's, it's, it's the battle for, uh, you know, what, what Father actually created and what's coming is going to, you know, be just as deceptive and devious a lie that's ever been painted. That's why if, if it were possible, even the elect are going to go down. So let's get prepared. I love the fact that you were brave enough to startle, to rattle, to surprise us, because we need to think about these uncomfortable shocking scenarios that play out and even if they don't play out exactly as we're outlining them it's better to be prepared for the worst than not prepared at all speaking of like surprising shocking rattle rattling sort of things what were some of the most surprising shocking discoveries that you guys made during the filming of higher entities that maybe you guys weren't expecting I think the the biggest thing for me was to be able to talk to two two men who have uh, had direct contact either in the deep underground military bases working on you know alien technology or on the other hand uh, a man who was contacted by the Department of Defense by two guys who said hey you know what there's some really uh, strange things happening in our department where there's federal agents that are they hinted to Ray Boucher that these federal agents were using blood rituals involving human sacrifice uh, on government property, government facilities uh, with taxpayer dollars. uh, And they were sacrificing humans uh, with the goal of a, we can do better mentality that we can keep doing more and more and more and more, whatever it takes to contact these entities so that we can get technology and secrets and we can get um, information basically that has been hidden from mankind. And for Ray Boucher to, to come out and say that, and, and just a little background on Ray Boucher, he is a, he is a very credible source. Now, I, I don't like to put all my eggs in a basket when it comes to somebody's name, uh, giving credit to this man or that man. But you know, Mike uh, Mike Heiser, who's a friend of ours, uh, Mike Heiser has vetted Ray Boucher, and you know, it's a pretty big deal if Mike Heiser vets you because he's pretty strict on people. Uh, matter of fact, he is uh, probably stricter than I am, uh, and not to say that he's always right because I disagree with Mike on quite a few things. But for him to vet somebody uh, in the you you know in the ufology you know research community, uh, I'd say that's a pretty big deal because Mike is really quick to to go after peer reviewed research over conspiracy theory, and and he surely did uh, with Ray Boucher, and he said Ray, you know he validated Ray Boucher. He worked on a joint project with Ray years ago. And uh, so that right there really gave me some excitement to talk to Ray because I knew that Ray was not going to be a hype guy. I knew that Ray Boucher was going to be uh, a man of God, first and foremost, a theologian, you know, classically trained theologian who takes a supernatural view of the scriptures, uh, you know, a an Anglican and a Baptist exorcist. <laughs> yes, that, combo. that exists. Uh, so that, I was so excited to when, when we finally got through to Ray and he agreed to meet with us. And that's a whole other story 
uh, people who've been tracking this investigation, they've probably heard me talk a little bit about Ray Boucher and how he uh, seemed to be evasive. Uh, we couldn't really get him to agree to come on. He said he would do it, but then we couldn't get in touch with him. And uh, you know, we had to drive to Nebraska and get a hotel there without even knowing where or when we were going to meet with this guy. He wouldn't even agree to the details until after we were there. It was like uh, the the morning of, I, th- I think it was a morning of, uh, we had solid confirmation of the day, I'm sorry, of the time and location. But the night before we had confirmation, like once we got to the hotel, we had confirmation that he was not going to stand us up. But it wasn't until the morning of that we had a, a definite time set. So I think that's interesting to add to the story uh, because he's extremely protective of himself and his wife. Uh, these types of things are not to be trifled with. You know, we have to remember the powers that be uh, do not worship the creator. They do not accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We are dealing with the, the, the kingdoms and the rulers of this world who since time began, you know, they have been getting their power, their, their knowledge uh, from these entities. This, these are the gods of the, of the Old Testament. You know, these are the gods that the nations worshiped. These are the gods that, that you know, kings would have swine sacrificed to. Uh, this is not anything to be played with. And, and for somebody to think that these things were all just fairy tales that disappeared, no, that's what Satan wants you to believe. Satan does not want you to be aware that these things are real. He does not want you to be aware that the American government is involved with these types of demonic practices at certain degrees, certain levels. And so meeting with a guy who got pulled, he, first of all, Ray Boucher, he was the head of MUFON for his state. That's kind of a big deal as well, you know, dealing with uh, UFO research. But he gets contacted by two private members of the Department of Defense. They ask him to meet with him privately in some hotel room last minute. I mean, it was, it was a very clandestine meeting. It was very shady. He goes and meets with these guys after a phone conference, and they basically just lay it out on the table. They said, look, you are a unique individual with a unique set of skills and knowledge that we need to utilize. They said, we are going through some very strange things right now uh, with our department, the Department of Defense, where there are groups that are doing satanic rituals. They are doing psychic exercises. They were uh, you know, putting people in these chairs like what we hear about that took place at Montauk. There's all kinds of crazy psychic activity going on, completely satanic, completely antichrist going on in our government in order to obtain information and power and knowledge. And it's all involved in what they're considering to be alien activity, alien technology, alien entities. And on one hand, alien is not really a stretch to use for, for the term because alien just means outside of our world. I mean, uh, a Mexican comes into America. He, he's an alien. He's an illegal alien uh, because he's not from here. And so the term alien can get used lightly. But um, in reality, these things are not from our world. Uh, they are not human. And to use the term extraterrestrial is kind of accurate, too, because they're not from Earth. You know, now, granted, demons have a, uh, a hybridized characteristic. We're dealing with a demon, which, according to Enoch, and as, as Phil said earlier, uh, you know, quoting Justin, uh, the martyr. Was it Justin the martyr you were quoting about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with Enoch, you're dealing with these, uh, these entities. Uh, the ancient literature does depict that the Nephilim, you know, the, the offspring between angels and women, that their bodies died just like human bodies would die. And that their souls became the demons, the earth spirits. 
So technically, they're a little bit more terrestrial than the fallen angels are, uh, just you know, for the sake of the argument. But we're still dealing with these entities that are not human beings because the Nephilim were not human beings and the fallen angels are not human beings as well. And so I, I just I think it's so important for people to grasp this idea that when the government starts working with entities, there is going to have to be some type of a massive cover up because we live in a country where just the thought of this would create pandemic. Like if the American public actually knew what the government was doing behind closed doors with entities, there would be pandemic. So, yes, people die over this information. Yeah, and another important thing to also bring up is uh, Joe Jordan, uh, who was also another MUFON director. And at the time, you know, I knew that he had uncovered at least 400 and something cases, but I recently did an interview with him. And in that interview, he actually said it's actually upward of 600 now. But the thing that he kept seeing that one of the things that they would not discuss or talk about in MUFON was that he kept uncovering a certain pattern in certain cases that whenever these people cried out in the name of Jesus, you know, the, 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 uh, goodness, I'm drawn for the word, uh, the, Close encounter, whatever you want to call it, whenever they were encountering these things, if they called out in the name of Jesus, it came to a stop. But if they did not accept Jesus and start walking with Jesus, then it would start back up again. But he said that those who called out in the name of Jesus and that accepted Jesus and became saved, they stopped altogether. Yeah. And that was another thing that also came up when we got to uh, Greg Renrich. He was the one who actually got to go in some of these underground facilities. You know, he's been at Area 51 S4, has also been at Dulce and a few others that he talked about. But they made him sign an affidavit, even though you know, he had top secret clearance and everything. They made him sign an affidavit saying that they were not allowed to use the name Jesus in these underground facilities. Not even if they stubbed their toe. If they stubbed their toe, they couldn't say Jesus Christ or something like that because was not allowed. Yeah, what, what Chad's talking about there, there's actually a biblical concept. I think we just want, just so uh, we don't we don't over uh, move over this. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, when, a, when a demon, when a spirit goes out of a man, um, if the house is not cleaned and, and, and dealt with properly, you know, and, and my understanding of that passage is that if, if the person doesn't get filled with the spirit of God, after that unclean spirit leaves, according to Matthew twelve forty five, it says it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter in to dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Now, I think it's important to drop that because if somebody gets, you know, if they're if they call in the name of Jesus and they get some reprieve and you know they feel like they've you know they've past a milestone in their life because they're no longer getting uh, uh, attacked by these entities. If they don't clean that house and they don't get filled with the Holy spirit of God, there's going to be seven more spirits that are going to come along with that spirit. And those seven spirits are going to be more evil or depending on what Bible translation you read more wicked than the original. That also shows that not all spirits are on that same level there. It's a hierarchy. Some are more wicked than others, which is kind of a crazy idea, but it's a biblical theme. I mean, this is right out of Matthew. And so 
calling on the name of Jesus, absolutely you have to do that. But you have to come to Christ, not just play games with with using his name. And so what Joe Jordan was talking about, that goes right back to Matthew. And I just want to point that out. And it's not only in Matthew. Uh, it shows up, and uh, I think it shows up in at least two different places in the gospel. I think it also shows up in Luke. I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's important to note that there are entities that are more wicked than entities. There are higher entities. There are, I mean, you've got all kinds of uh, various degrees. The fact that there are some more wicked and evil than others, it, it, it's a scary thought. You know, and th- you got to be armed. You know, you got to be armed and equipped. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you got to put on the whole armor of God, especially if you're going to look into these things. Look, the things that are coming upon the face of this earth between now and the time that Jesus returns. You know, men's hearts are going to fail them with fear for looking upon these things, for looking into these matters. And so you've got to be armored up. You know, and if you don't understand the armor of God, go study the book of Ephesians because the Apostle Paul really lays it out there for you. You've got to be armored up. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to note in all this is that everything's under Christ's dominion. Everything is under his authority. There's there's none above him. And like Tom Horn speaks of with his sister and with his uh, with his niece and their abduction scenarios, um, once they committed their life to Christ, once they received salvation through him, um, there was there was it, it ended it. So it was a matter of they had the Holy Spirit resting residing inside of them. So they were no longer um, the possession uh, of their of their bodies where it was no longer a possibility. So it, it just it, it all points back to everything is under the lordship of Christ. He has the the final say so in everything, and it's it's all under his his authority. Yeah, when um we're talking about like demonic possession and. Uh, exorcism and stuff uh, that that Matthew passage it's it's so neat and I think it, it kind of ties to um, to second Thessalonians 2 where we see the passage about the great deception that we've been talking about like in in the Matthew passage when they're cast out uh, it's almost like the person's like all right cool my problems are gone but um, that's all I'm gonna do about it I'm not gonna like align myself with the truth right and so then things go from bad to worse because they didn't really love the truth. And that's a, that's a little passage in, in 2 Thessalonians 2 that I think is so crucial. Uh, because we're in, in 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul's talking about the return of Christ and us being gathered to him. And he says that it's not going to happen unless the apostasy comes first. And then the man of lawlessness is revealed. You know, the Antichrist who set himself up above every so-called God. And he takes a seat in the temple of God. And the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth to bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is the one whose coming is in accordance with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. They didn't love the truth. And for this reason, God sends on them that great deception, that grand illusion influence, that they will believe what is false in order that they may all be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. I mean, that is just a scary passage. It's God himself giving this to people who did not love the truth. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage 
to love the truth and pursue the truth, even if it takes you into a place where people may think of us as weird or I, I don't know. I don't know the adjective to use, but I'm so appreciative of, of each of y'all that you're so passionate about the truth, loving the truth, communicating the truth, no matter what the people around us may think, um, whether it's to the believer or the unbeliever, y'all are passionate about the truth. And I, I just thank y'all for that. Um, as we're like wrapping it up, I just wanted to give each of y'all an opportunity to just give, you know, a last word. If, if God's putting anything on your heart, a last bit of exhortation for anyone, and this includes you too, BDK, but, but I want to get everybody a chance to just get a last word in something you want to leave the audience with. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and go. Um, one thing that's very important here that we need to say is that, you know, people could can get really bent out of shape and, and they can get real fearful about demons. They can get real fearful about aliens. Uh, they can get real fearful about a presence that they're feeling in their house. You know, uh, it's not uncommon, you know, for somebody to get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom or go get a little cup of water or something in the middle of the night. And they feel a presence in the house and they just want to get back to bed without thinking about it. I've heard a lot of stories. But as scary as some of this stuff might sound, this idea of entities and aliens and Nephilim and demons and just all of this, that doesn't even compare to the wrath of God that's going to come upon the face of this earth for all of those God haters and Jesus rejectors. Mm. And man, I, I'm sorry if that offends somebody, right? Actually, I'm not sorry. I really don't care. Uh, I don't care if it offends somebody because look, growing up, I remember reading Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God and, and that was like PG compared to what's coming. Like, let me just be like real bold for a second. Those same demons and those same fallen angels that are freaking people out right now and that are forcing people into spiritual submission in the occult. Those same entities are going to be screaming like little babies on their knees, crying out that Jesus is Lord in that last day. And they're going to get the hell that's coming to them. And so for somebody to be sitting here, you know, freaking out and worried about these entities and these aliens, look, you better be fearing God more than that. And you need to get your priorities in shape. You need to get your lifestyle in shape. And you need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to know God's word, know his instruction, because we can't make up our own ideas of who God is. We got to stop that. We got to go to the word to see what the Bible says. Without the Bible, we don't know God's true character. And so it's, you know, enough of this, my walk, my personal business. No, no, no. Christianity is a community of believers. We are to hold each other accountable. We are to correct each other. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord. And what I want to see is I want to see people coming to Christ, taking a stand in the truth that we have in the scripture to know that our God is a God who wins battles, who wins wars, who won. I mean, look, the, the entire thing is already won outside of time. And I think that's important to go ahead and note. Jesus already defeated it. He defeated death. He defeated Satan. I mean, there is no death for us in Christ. Praise God. But for that person who's on the fence right now, that person who is you know, dealing with some of this deception, that person who may think it's okay to communicate with some of these entities or, or you know, maybe they think it's okay to talk to their dead grandmother. Uh, you know, for, for my Catholic friends that go out to the, to the grave sites and try to talk to their, their beloved family members who have passed, and I don't really have any Catholic friends like that. I'm just using that as an example. There's a scenario for so many people out there that are involved in spiritual deception. I just want to make it very clear that in the end, Jesus wins. Yeshua wins. We know this for a fact. The Bible is a closed book. And I just want people to hear these things 
And no matter what fear they feel, I don't want them to fear any. I don't want people to fear anything but God, because when we have God, we have reverence for him. These other things, they tremble at his name. And we need to learn to take authority and power in Christ when we're dealing with these things. Yeah. And like you just said, I mean, that's the thing is when the demons encountered Jesus, they literally lost their minds. I mean, they would always fall down at his feet and they'd be like, why have you come to torture us before the appointed time? And he always looked at them and said, hush, be quiet, because he did not want he did he, he didn't want anybody testifying to who he was, especially unclean spirits. You know, and uh, that's the thing is, you know, these people, they're worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And, Mm. you know, that was another thing that I didn't touch on when I had the discussion with Joe Jordan. You know, a vast majority of these cases where people were uh, having, uh, you know, abductions or whatever, they, a vast majority of them were dabbling in the occult. Mm. And that was the thing is they, they had opened those doorways. And, you know, that's that's the thing, this whole new age and all this, you know, even Anton LaVey used to to crack jokes about the new agers because he said they're doing the devil's work. They're just not invoking his name. So, well, yeah, combining combining what Justin and Chad are saying. So this is Darren. This will be my sign off. But what Justin was saying was get your life right. And, um, you know, because Yeshua, the savior, a God here on earth was was uh, preaching a gospel, a gospel of repentance. So that's the first thing. Get your life right. And then the other thing was is that Justin talked on about his fear. And so in my novel series, Zero G's, I really, the main character, they go through a lot of stuff. But in the end, fear is a theme that having to overcome fear of yourself, a fear of them. And, and uh, so if people out there are interested in reading um, uh, sci-fi futuristic end times parables, BDK said, where, you know, I cover a lot in it. Um, it's I get into the mark of the beast, what that really will be, and and setting the stage for the Antichrist and the gravity thing. I'll give a hint to the listeners is about the lying signs and wonders. It's gonna be very hard for people to resist uh, what's coming upon the earth. So um, if someone does not have a copy of Higher Entities DVD right now, I have a few signed copies. Justin, Wes, Chad, myself, and and Derek Gilbert signed some uh, some higher entities at True Legends. So I've got like 10 of those copies left. If people go on DarrenGeisinger.com right now and buy two or more of uh, the Zero G's books, I will send them those two books along with a free copy of Higher Entities that are signed by all the peeps. I just really want to get that novel out into many's hands as I can because it is being a powerful tool to talk about some of these things where people can en- envision what those dark days are going to be like through through a fictional series. And then my other sign-off is RaisingUpTheRemnant.com. The reason why I bring that up is because it's going to be a conference at the end of, of this December where uh, not only is getting prepared you know, with speakers like Dr. Michael Lake for the dark days ahead, but one of the things I'm going to be covering is, is um, how can you create an escape hatch to freedom with your lifestyle choices now? So when the trucks are coming around with the vaccines, if you don't prepare and make some choices right now to maybe get out of the Babylon system uh, yes, spiritually, but also, you know, are you growing any of your own food? Are you doing anything right now uh, that you can say no eventually, or will you have to say yes to whatever they're providing? So these are some tough questions. And, you know, when I'm pointing my finger at myself for the issues of repentance and getting my life right, and also, you know, what am I doing to prepare for those dark days ahead physically and spiritually? So I'm not pointing at anybody else. I'm, I'm chief among them has to work on these things. But, um, 
that'll be my thing. So if anybody's interested, go to raisinguptheremnant.com and sign up for our email subscription there. And you can get some more information on that conference that's happening in Potosi, Missouri at the end of December. I'm going to hijack the mic really fast. Uh, DarrenGeisinger.com probably needs to be spelled out for some people. Uh, and some of you already have a copy of Higher Entities. Thank you guys for your support. Uh, if you still want a signed copy and you want to take part of this special promo, head over to DarrenGeisinger.com. That's D-A-R-R-I-N-G-E-I-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. D-A-R-R-I-N-G-E-I-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. DarrenGeisinger.com. Thanks, Justin. Wow. <laughs> it needed to be spelled out. I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Wes, you well, got something for us? Yeah, I do, man. Um, just for me personally, and just uh, try to give some edification to everyone else and some encouragement. Um, yeah, it looks good. There's a lot of gloom and doom, but none of this is taking the Lord off guard. And uh, we still have a calling to do regardless of what our occupation is. Uh, we need to keep our focus and eyes on on the Lord, and we need to continue to stay in the Word, continue to edify one another, um, and to hold each other accountable. And I would just also suggest this. Um, there is a lot of garbage, uh, just vain, just vanity, uh, television shows and media and wastes of time. Um, focus on things above, not on things of this earth. And um, a great way to do that is, you know, through yours, Phil, and through yours, BDK, the podcast, um, amazing uh, content that that's feeds your spirit. It, feed, it feeds your soul. And if you're not getting stronger, you're getting weaker. So, um, make sure to, to stay on top of that. Everyone needs to, I need to do the same. Um, as far as, uh, as far as our films go, it's just a way for people to, to use a tool, to have a tool, to be able to open up doors, to be able to, um, have that conversation with, with believers and non-believers. Hey, check this out. If, uh, you know, once you check it out, it's pretty interesting. I'd like to see what your thoughts are. Let's discuss it. And that also opens up the next door to take people back to the word, take people to the scripture and to offer um, offer them the plan of salvation if they haven't heard it or um, plant more seeds or do some watering. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, everybody's got that same calling to do. Um, the Lord is going to come back and he's going to he's going to come back and and correct. He's going to come back and judge. And we need to we need to do the, the best that we can uh, being vessels for his honor while we're here, because our days are we're living on borrowed time. It's um, you know, it's a limited time that we have here. Our days are, you know, flesh is like grass. So we need to, um, yeah, continue to do what we've been called to do for the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. BDK, what you got, man? Yeah, as we're talking tonight about the tribulation and the things that are coming on the earth and men's hearts failing them for fear. Um, we also have to understand that not only will we be seeing the revealing of these higher entities and the veil between our dimension and their dimension almost disappear at some point, there's also going to be a lot of judgments, there's also going to be a lot of war, there's also going to be a lot of natural disasters that dovetail with this. And sudden death and the death toll and the death statistics will place death at every person's doorstep potentially quicker than we would realize. If the righteous you know, shall scarcely be saved from this hour, as the Bible says. Mm -hmm. 
what chance do the unrighteous have? And if you're listening tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you need to know him now. Because none of us know, none of us know when our next breath is going to be, or if we have 10 years or 10 minutes left in this world. The world ends every few seconds for people, whether Jesus comes back and ends the world or not. And you really, 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 really need to settle in your heart who you belong to, who you're allegiant to in this hour. And if you're not allegiant to Jesus, if you're not on Team Jesus, you need to repent of your sins, you need to be converted, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's going to be so crucial in this hour to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you do give your life to Christ, it's going to be so crucial for you to take the things of God seriously. I love what Justin said at the beginning of this interview that spiritual warfare is changing. Because I've been sensing that in my spirit too. Not that weird esoteric stuff is going to happen in the realm of spiritual warfare. God isn't going to call us to do loony or wacky things. But he's going to strengthen us to meet that hour. He wants to put steel in our spines and a resolve in our hearts that we are going to be allegiant to the power of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of what you're seeing happening right now, this sifting that's going on in the body of Christ, this shaking, this judgment that's beginning in the house of the Lord, this purifying his bride, is to prepare us to face a very real dangerous hour, like Darren said. These fallen entities, they need to seek alliances with governments, They need to seek alliances with kings, with men. They have rules they have to operate by. And what makes us think that we don't? Mm. Except our alliances aren't with governments and kings of men. Our alliance needs to be with Jesus. And more than anything in this hour, the Holy Spirit is seeking an alliance with us. And we have rules that we need to operate by too. And the good thing is, is we don't have to guess. Those are all written down in a book the Holy Scriptures. We need to take this so, so seriously. We need to start shifting our eyes from this present reality to the reality of eternity. Because this life isn't going to mean much in the scope of eternity, in the length of eternity. I know that we all were kind of saying our closing stuff, but I just want to throw it back to Justin for one more second because this whole idea of spiritual warfare changing and what the body of Christ is going to have to do in the spiritual fight against this, I just want you to maybe close the show with explaining to us how the spiritual warfare is changing and what we must do as an army of end-time remnant saints to change. Can you give us like maybe one or two things that we can change right now to prepare us for the spiritual battle ahead? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think Darren might even want to add something to this, too. I can't tell if he was motioning that uh, he wanted to. No, I was just going to turn the mic to you, man. You got the mic. Go ahead. So the idea, uh, I fully agree with BDK, first of all, that, uh, you know, spiritual warfare changing, that doesn't mean any weird esoteric terms. You know, that doesn't mean uh, that God's going to allow a Mandela effect to change your Bible text. Um, You know, people really need to grow up. And let let me just be real bold, because some of you are listening right now and you have fallen prey to the, the lie that God is somehow sissified and weak to allow any satanic force to change his word that he, by the way, promised. He promised to preserve his word. Amen. Amen. So let's not cower to these stupid lies of Satan. And, you know, I, I am just so sick of seeing Christians still pushing the Mandela effect as if we don't know our Bibles and they know theirs good enough to know that it's changed. My God is bigger than that. My God is stronger than that. And I'm not going to sit here and play games with anything remotely resembling that type of a fear. Because th- that's a false fear. That's a fear of the demonic forces. So I want to go ahead and just get that out there. But what I, what, what I would like to add to this, uh, spiritual warfare is changing in a way to where we are now being conditioned ahead of time. This is a, there's a term called pre-programming. We're being pre-programmed to become dependent on the beast system. We are, we are pre-programmed to become dependent on Babylon. And we don't even realize it. We don't even realize that our diets, our music, our TV, our entertainment, uh, our, our uh, pharmaceutical drugs, you know, we don't realize that this is all just guiding us like sheep to the slaughter. This conditioning us, getting us so fully dependent on the Babylonian system that is America. And so we've re- we don't see it coming. We don't see it coming because we've been raised in it. We don't see it coming because this is the only lifestyle that we know. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today. This is all we know. We, 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 you know. We're brought up in public schools. We're brought up in the American church system. I mean, we don't even stop to think for a second that all of this in front of us is actually prophetically the Antichrist system that we've been warned about in Scripture. Yet we tend to look the other way and try to find prophecy in other places. We try to find the definition of all these biblical uh, pro- prophetic outlines. We try to look in other places. Well, that must be this country. That must be going on over there. And you know, We look everywhere but ourselves because we are so engulfed in the Babylonian system. And it is so important that we step away from that system. Why do you think Daniel did not want to eat the king's delicacies? Why do you think Daniel did not want to drink the king's wine? Why do we think Daniel was so cut and dry about sticking to the instructions that God gave him? Because he didn't want to get coerced into the Babylonian system and forget where he came from. He didn't want to forget what mattered the most, and he didn't want to forsake the laws of God. And we live in a time because of our upbringing in this nation, and I am not here to bash America. I, I was not bashing America when I made Belly of the Beast. Okay, this has nothing to do with bashing America. I love the fact that God has allowed us to be born in a place where we do have some freedoms. We do have more freedoms to worship than some people do, you know, but it's slowly changing, and that's all by design. They get us set up as a, as a nation of sheep following a false system. And after so many generations of children born, we don't know how to exit Babylon because we don't even realize that we're in Babylon. And so that's spiritual warfare that is changing because we don't even recognize that it's spiritual warfare. It is changing in the, in the degree that it is making uh, 
dependencies in all of our lives on a system that is going to, at some point, put us on the chopping block and say, deny Jesus or die. And so we've got to wake up to the system. We've got to wake up to the fact that the enemy is looking to hit us in ways that we are not expecting. And it's going to look a little bit different for different people. And I said this earlier in the show, I'll say it again. The things that you used to stumble with as a baby Christian, they're a little bit different now because you've gotten stronger. The grace of God has abounded and you are no longer falling into those sins that you used to as a child. When, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child, right? And that's what happens in the spiritual walk. We start to get mature and the enemy has to come up with different ways. But spiritual warfare has taken a whole new face now because our entertainment, I'll even take it a step further. Vaccines, I believe, are going to be used as a strategic spiritual warfare device. And I don't care if I just stepped on somebody's toes. They've got nanotechnology that they are putting into vaccines. They're saying they can now put a grain of sand nanobot microchip into a vaccine and you wouldn't even know that you just got injected with a piece of what we would just have to call alien technology for lack of a better term. A nanobot that is now communicating back with the system. A nanobot that can discourage your DNA from doing what it's supposed to do. Now, I know that's not what this show is about and I don't want to go into a deep tangent here, but I think it's very important to say that spiritual warfare is changing shape because people, you know, people have gotten wise over the years to the wiles of the devil. And so what does the devil do? He finds a different face. He finds a different avenue to kick you where he can. And I really believe technology and entertainment going hand in hand together and big pharma, genetically modified, this and that, a whole lot of that going on. But anything that can change your structure, it can change the way you're thinking I mean, and man, I'm probably not even making sense to some people out there. Some people are going to discount me when I said vaccines. But the enemy is extremely smart in this last hour, and he's going to be using things that are very unconventional to be spiritual warfare, but it is going to be spiritual warfare, and he's trying to get people hooked on a system that they're going to have a hard time shaking off. Yeah, it's also, it's also important to bring up that uh, disclosure has occurred. You know, disclosure has happened. It's it's out there. That's a fact. You know, the the whole thing that you know these things are coming into our airspace, and you know the the Navy and other branches of the military they they can't explain these things, and they can't match the maneuvers. They can't keep up with them, and half the time they can't even see them. You know, that's the thing. They 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 show up on these uh, new radar systems that they have, but when they get there, they can't see them with the naked eye. So that's that's another thing to keep in mind is that you know disclosure has happened. It's it's already occurred. You know when they talked about ATIP and the twenty two million dollars at the Pentagon, they were spending money on all this. Uh, you know they they've came out and admitted that these things are real. But people really aren't that worried because I mean we've got a Christian president who's surrounded by a bunch of Christian pastors and female pastors and male pastors alike. So really, I mean we don't have anything to worry about, right? I mean, we're living in a great nation with a great Christian president that everybody loves, uh, and he's surrounding himself by godly counsel. I mean, so really, there's nothing to worry about. That right there is another piece of spiritual warfare that nobody sees coming. Yeah, the deception comes from so many angles, right? Like anything that the devil can use, he he almost will use. And man, that's why I'm so glad that 
you know, you four are so passionate. Five BDK are so passionate Six, about Bill the Baker. truth. Hey, man, th- thanks, man, thanks. <laughs> uh, so passionate about the truth, and y'all are courageous enough to speak out. And you know, if anybody questions these things, do your research. Really, do your research. Be bold enough to to research these things for yourself. Seek them out, and I think you'll probably come to a similar similar conclusion. But um, Justin, Wes, Darren, Chad, thank you all so much for coming on Reclaiming the Faith, taking time in your busy schedules to, uh, to bring this message of, uh, of hope and um, of truth to, to the people. Thank you all very much. God bless you all. Hey, thank you, bro. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for all you do, man. And BDK, you guys rock, man. Y'all are such an encouragement and um, doing a, a, an amazing work for the body of Christ. So keep, keep up the good work, man. We, we pray for you both. Thank you. that they take